fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Monday, a brand new day, a brand new week, and what a time it is. We're finally getting into fall Halloween season. For the first time, I got to start enjoying some Halloween movies over the weekend. That was kind of nice. Little voice of reason. For the first time, got to watch the movie The Lost Boys. Everybody remember that one? With Kiefer Sutherland, a.k.a. Jack Bauer, as he was one of the vampires in that one. Oh, yeah. We have a laundry list of Halloween movies. I cannot wait to start showing her now that she's starting to get a little bit older. Yes, Halloween's going to be really fun. And it's going to be daddy's duty to try and scare the you-know-what out of her as much as humanly possible, because that is the American way. Welcome into the program. It is The Voice of Reason. <laughs> I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It is great to have you along for the ride. Your Millennial General reporting for duty today like we do every single day. No guest. Today, you and I chit in the chat, and we have so much to talk about things that are happening from over the weekend, things that happened today, and so much more. First and foremost, I guess we have to give a holiday, happy holiday that it is today, and however you choose to celebrate it, whether it's Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, regardless, it is a holiday, so happy whatever. Now, it was original for those, in the, we're going to go for the younger generation here. We're going to give you a little lesson here for a second, shall we? It was Christopher Columbus Day. And if you still don't sing the Christopher Columbus song in school, you should ask your history teacher about the Christopher Columbus song because it is a, fan, a, a nice one, a fun one that you can memorize some of the history about uh, discovering America, so to speak, from the Europeans. And Christopher Columbus coming over here with his ships, if you remember the song. And that was it. And it was the happy-go-lucky song about discovering America and discovering the indigenous people here that led to the conversation that bleeds into Thanksgiving because that's when everybody sat down and had a conversation together and had a feast together. No longer do we have that unity today because history, apparently according to the public education system, wants to be taught that we were just a bunch of evil white people that came over and spread diseases and enslaved people and yada, yada, yada. So instead of celebrating Christopher Columbus who had the huevos, so to speak, and the technology to sail across a massive ocean, we're now going to say you're evil and the victims here are actually the indigenous people, so now we're going to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day, and if that's what you celebrate too. Now, within that celebration, they failed to mention that the indigenous people were also enslaving other indigenous people and also killing other indigenous people, and I always love to use the example that the Aztecs were killing people and using their heads as soccer balls. So if that's how you want to you know, celebrate, then cool too. Every culture has their own thing, but whatever you want to celebrate. I'd like to go back even further. If we're going to celebrate technology and voyaging and discovering, then I think today really needs to be Scandinavian Nordic Viking Day because the Vikings essentially discovered the Americas about a thousand years before Christopher Columbus and met with the indigenous people and some of them working very closely and in unison with the indigenous people. Others, according to what we've seen and what are speculated, that uh, that didn't go so well and the indigenous people ran off the Scandinavian Nordic Viking people. So 
Uh, you could celebrate it whichever way you want to because of my heritage. I just um, I've got to go for the Scandinavian Nordic Viking Day. So happy holiday, whichever one you choose to celebrate. And uh, we'll leave it at that because it's a stupid argument. And I think that we need to respect all of them and understand that all of them have something to benefit. Yes, Christopher Columbus did something that was unknown for at that time. And we uh, pay that respect to him. We also recognize indigenous people are awesome and we respect their culture too and whatever. So I don't want to get down that road. That's a stupid argument to be made. But the ongoing division really is a signifying the division that we see even in today's times, which is obviously the big story of the day as we get into what's trending. What's trending today? So if you have not heard the news, you've probably been living under a rock with the ongoing attack in Israel right now from Hamas and the Gaza Strip. It is a uh, just a prime example of the exact same idea that we were fighting and uh, bickering over from just over a thousand years ago, when, or less than a thousand years ago, whenever Christopher Columbus came over here in the 1600s, a few hundred years ago. But it's the same argument. It's the difference in political belief. It's a difference in religious belief. It's a difference in cultural belief. And therefore, uh, one believes that the other is superior, that the other is inferior, and therefore we need to take you over. And it's the same argument that we saw then and that we're seeing now. And it's stupid and it's ridiculous. And I think a lot of people are just sick and tired of this crap. But this is the worst attack that we've seen on the country of Israel since really, according to some, at least over the weekend, that said the 1970s, Really, this is since the beginning of the founding of the nation of Israel. And this is devastating to watch. I'm looking throughout the pictures and watching the video throughout the day today. And what they're going through is absolutely horrendous. We can go down the list of why we think that Israel was caught off guard, which I think was political weakness and the infighting that is relatable to what we're seeing here in the United States as well. But we have to step back for just a moment. Because in these times of peril, in these times of disaster, you have to, as hard as it is sometimes, you have to set emotion aside and look at it completely logical. And the logical response to this is there is a group that absolutely despises the nation of Israel that has constantly attacked them day in and day out as Israel is always on the defense with their Iron Dome that uh, shoots down missiles being uh, shot at them on a daily and hourly basis that just finally ramped up the opportunity to do so. And for us here in the United States, we have not seen disasters like this in a while. In fact, 9-11, September 11th, was probably the last time that we've seen a major attack that we were focused on as an act of war. And we responded in like by having all of our conflicts and the involvement that we saw in the Middle East. And I don't want to go down... That conversation with 9-11, but there is an entirely new generation right now that has not seen anything like this. And they're in, I think, for a very rude awakening as this attack was an attack not just on Israeli citizens, but just like September 11th, this attack in Israel was an attack on the entire world with tourists and ambassadors and visitors from all over the world that were traveling to Israel that have been impacted, that have died that have been possibly taken hostage, that have just seen the carnage that it's going on over there as we speak right now. In fact, when they attacked, when Hamas ended up attacking by land, sea, and air, shooting off missiles, but also dropping in, parachuting in, they literally parachuted right into a rave. 
And for those who don't know what a rave is, it's a major party with electronic music and everybody dancing, having a good time. They literally parachuted into the middle of a rave where there were many U.S. citizens and other tourists that were enjoying this rave, along with uh, Israeli citizens that were completely slaughtered. Those numbers have not been counted in the death toll of Americans so far. And so far, we're reporting nine American deaths. We know that that number is probably a lot higher, but we have no capability to assess that damage with the ongoing conflict right now. Now, I'd say this is a benefit to me, although it was sad to do it, but for the last couple of weeks in a row, our weekend syndicated program was happening right at the time that all this was breaking, so we were the first ones in the nation to cover all of this news, especially with the Saturday news when everything was happening, and those numbers were dramatically smaller than what they are even right now, because the latest information that we know is that Hamas is now going to be releasing videos of the execution of some of the hostages that they have of Israeli citizens, posting them online to show death to America and death to Israel. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the ties of the Biden administration, the funding to Iran that probably funded this stuff, which they're trying to step away from and distance themselves from, not the resources that we left in Afghanistan that we've already started to see being deserted from some of those soldiers uh, from Palestine that are in Israel right now that we know are being used in some way, shape, or form. The possible connection of Russia because of the stance of Israel supporting the Ukraine and how they're getting tied in. And now apparently we are sending one of the largest military vessels in the world over there to try to address this. While the Biden administration washes their hands, they send a few military soldiers over, they go dark by the middle of the day today, and then they go off and just have their vacation evening because, well, Joe Biden can't handle a long day. The lack of leadership in this situation right now is appalling. And I'm hoping, as the eternal optimist here that sees an opportunity, I'm hoping that the young generation that has never experienced the horrors that we're seeing right now in Israel begin to wake up and realize that everything has fallen into place and all of this is happening under what is considered weak leadership, both in Israel and here. Now, I want to clarify that by saying that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is not considered weak leadership. He is an amazing individual, and he is going to defend that nation all the way to the very end, and he's taking it to the next level by saying that now we are at war, and enough is enough. We're not going to deal with this crap any longer. We're going to go in and just completely obliterate uh, Hamas. We're, we're done. And God bless him and good for him for doing that. The infighting that I'm talking about, though, in the weak leadership is the fact that they've already tried to boot him out multiple times. If you remember, he was prime minister. They booted him out of the prime ministership because he was under investigation for shady dealings. None of that actually came to fruition. Seems kind of familiar with what we went through with Donald Trump here on the home front with two impeachments under his belt and currently four indictments that he's having to deal with. They tried to do a new election. And for those that don't know, which I'm no expert in Israeli politics, but the way that they work is that you don't just run as a president or a prime minister. You have to run with an entire cabinet. And the entire cabinet has to be voted on in order for them to get elected, and therefore they have to have a unifying cabinet because whether the progressives like it or not, Israel is one of the most diverse places on the face of the earth with so many different religions, so many different cultures, so many different people that you have to have representation for all of them in order for them to get elected. And after multiple elections, Benjamin Netanyahu was the only one that has the capability of unifying a cabinet in order to get elected so guess what they put him back in there while the left-wing media 
and uh, the anti-Semites and the radicals there absolutely despise him have been trying to boot him out all over again. And with that infighting that we're seeing in the country of Israel right now, that's when Hamas was able to take advantage of it. Not only getting money, not only getting resources, not only getting uh, whatever that they've been able to obtain over the past few years to build up to this point, which was planned and orchestrated very vividly, which is how they were able to make the gains that they were against one of the strongest militaries on the face of the earth that is Israel, understanding that their existence hangs in the balance on a daily basis. But they saw the infighting that distracted them from the outside threats of the world because they were beating each other up. Now, I want you to take that and relate it to here in the United States. We have a president that doesn't remember his name half the time and has to scuffle everywhere that he goes. We have a vice president right now that thinks that AI is the fancy term for artificial intelligence because she's an expert on AI. And we literally don't have a third in command as a Speaker of the House because we just voted him out last week. We have an open southern border right now that's flooding in thousands of migrants on a daily basis with individuals coming from countries all over the world, not just from Central America or Mexico, that we have no clue what their intentions are, where they're coming from, or what they plan to do while they're here in the United States. We are a weak nation right now as well, and while it is our duty to help our allies, and we will help our allies, and I guess thanks Biden administration for sending in an aircraft carrier and some aircrafts and some soldiers to do a little bit of assistance, we have to ask the question here, what's it going to look like here with our infighting and the weakness that we have with our crumbling inside structure of our government as opposed to looking out to the threats from the outside? This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. So we have the Biden administration responding to this by sending the USS Gerald R. Ford, the Navy's most advanced aircraft carrier, along with six other ships and a number of advanced jets to the eastern Mediterranean to help out. United Kingdom also said they're coming to the fence as well. That's according to MSN.com. After that announcement, then it was poof, we're done, we're out. We closed doors for the White House for the day and Joe Biden off on vacation or resting or taking his afternoon nap or whatever he's doing. The military is handling it. I'm not going to be part of this any longer. Now, while he says that the support for Israel is going to be steadfast, from the American government, I guess I applaud him for that statement, although actions speak louder than words, and I ask you on whether that's actually happening or not, because uh, we really have to look at the rest of the Democrat caucus on how they're responding to this as well. And Joe Biden, obviously not knowing really what's going on in society, not really knowing what's going on in the real world, we have to be beholden to the rest of the caucus that's really advancing the agenda as a whole. And right now, uh, we have not seen a statement from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We have seen statements from Ilhan Omar that's making the essentially the argument that the Gaza Strip and those that are in the Gaza Strip are a bunch of victims and therefore Israel is evil for trying to impose their will onto them. Which, okay, let's be clear. This again, this is a very generational thing that hasn't yet experienced this type of stuff. Although her coming as a refugee into the nation, she's, I guess, experienced a little bit more 
from a different perspective. So I'm trying to include that into my understanding here, but it doesn't quite work that way because she is a very hard anti-Semite. And yes, the Gaza Strip, that's like a five mile long ridiculous space there, has a bunch of people crammed into that area, is extremely poverty ridden, is a lot of children down there and are a lot of innocent individuals. So the question is, why is Hamas using them as the front of defense to where Israel, Israeli soldiers can't get to the soldiers of the bad guys because they're using the children and the innocent victims in those areas as the uh, as the shield, essentially, to protect themselves. That just shows the lack of humanity and the evil mindset that they have. But I'm optimistic because the Israeli military, again, is one of the most advanced, one of the strongest ones out there. And if he's if Benjamin Netanyahu can wipe out these individuals very quickly, he's going to, and I believe that that will happen, to end this at a very quick pace because no more. No more. We're done with it. But Ilhan Omar, a member of the Democrat Congressional Caucus right now, remember, according to her, Gaza, this is on the Tweety, by the way, doesn't Gaza doesn't shelter or an, uh, or an iron dome to please... And to please pray for them. May peace prevail in the region and move us towards a moral awakening to care about the human suffering we are seeing. Palestinians are human beings who have been uh, besieged and are deserving of protection from the international community. (laughs) The people, yes. The government, their ideologies, the radicals, no. And sometimes that's a very difficult uh, thing to differentiate. And I get that. We've talked to many soldiers that were over in the Middle East for years. And how do you fight a soldier that doesn't have a uniform, that welcomes you into the home and says that they're an ally and then turns around to try to shoot you when you're eating dinner with them at the dinner table? It's a very difficult situation to be in for them. But guess what? The anti-Semitic message that Ilhan Omar and so many of the Democrats that have been either on the side of the Palestinians or just silent in this conversation shows that I'm not sure... We're in the best position as the United States to try and defend Israel to the best of our capabilities. And I think that going into an election of 2024 and how involved the U.S. is based on the number of tourists, the number of people that were over there that were American citizens, that this is going to look very poorly upon the Biden administration for not acting as swiftly and as strongly as we possibly could have. Because right now we're seeing everything internally and externally crumble around us. With, again, like we're seeing in Israel, the lack of leadership, the infighting, and the destruction from within our own nations that's making us vulnerable to the enemies that hate us around the world. And that is a cause for concern for both of our countries, and we have to pray for both of these nations. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy. Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is. Welcome back into the program. I had to laugh a little bit for those not in this market. Maybe you have same temperature. I'm not quite sure, but we're getting into the mid 40s here in the Kansas area overnight tonight. And our weather person said that you might want to get out the jacket because it's going to be in the low to mid 50 or low to mid 40s. And I just kind of chuckled because the low to mid-40s is like the perfect temperature to be out in shorts and t-shirt for me. I won't put on a jacket until it gets into the negatives. And I'll be like, oh, okay, I guess I could put on a hoodie or something, I guess. But man, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the nutso. It's totally okay. I've been called worse. And actually, I was uh, on with Armed American Radio earlier. 
and uh, he made the comment about me enjoying the cool weather as well. But no, you don't need a jacket at 40 degrees. 40 degrees is perfect. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fantastic. Welcome back into it. I don't want to focus all the show today on the Israeli thing other than uh, saying to be aware, hopefully this is one and done and that we can end this very swiftly uh, and that we can give as much aid to Israel as possible. We end this and we move on. We don't want to be the warmongers. We don't want to be the ones looking for a fight. However, they uh, have finally crossed the line. They've crossed the line for a long time by constantly hitting Israel over and over and over again. And for the other side that are trying to support Palestine, trying to wave these flags as the LGBTQ community for Palestine, uh, see how well that works out if you actually go over there and see how well they treat you when they literally beat people to a pulp, tie them to a chair, and throw them off a 50-story building because they were gay and because that's uh, intolerant, close-minded, very evil mindset, theology, is destroying that part of the world, and they have for a very long time. Now, will war ever end in that part of the world? Probably not. But guess what? Things are crumbling around, and it's due to lack of leadership all over the world from the infighting from nations. Israel is a very strong nation. Benjamin Netanyahu is a very strong leader. He's been a very strong leader for a very long time. But when the politicians and the rest of the people start turning to attack their own, look and see what happens. Right now, we have the infighting in America with a very, very weak leader that's not really our leader, a second leader that's a complete buffoon and has no clue what she's talking about, and complete absence of a third leader because we just voted him out. The infighting here is just as bad, if not worse, than in Israel right now. We have indictments of a former president for absolutely bizarre reasons that they can't quite defend, and they continue to just crumble in court every time, but... They're so desperate to topple over a former political enemy and a potential future political opposition and an entire argument here in the nation that they're willing to sabotage and destroy this nation without looking at the real threats going on in the world. And this, I I'm fear, I fear, is going to be the wake-up call for so many for the next generation to have their aha moment of, oh, wow, there's evil in the world and we have to do something about it. And I hope and pray that it's not too late when that message finally comes. On the other front, speaking of the infighting and the bickering going on here in the nation, I want to shift gears a little bit for the other big news that went on today because no one else is talking about it since they're all focused on Israel right now. But it's big. What's trending today? It's big. I'm telling you, it's bigly. And you want to focus some attention on this. And I think we're going to make it bigly. Yeah, is there was a major announcement from one of the presidential candidates earlier today in Pennsylvania, and it the crowd almost looked like a Donald Trump rally. It was a large turnout. There were a lot of supporters, and we need to take this seriously. Something is stirring in us that says it doesn't have to be this way. People stop me everywhere at airports, at hotels and malls on the street, and they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They're ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. All right, that was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. That was from his tweet that he had posted just a few hours ago. He was in Pennsylvania, and the crowd looked massive in support of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for the run now, not as a Democrat, but as an independent presidential candidate. How many presidential candidates as an independent run have actually made it? None. But how many have been impactful swaying an election one way or the other? There's been a few. 
And it's been a while. But again, the pendulum continues to swing, and there are people that are so angry at a two-party political system that they want something different. And I've showed and I've told you of my uh, liking of many things that Robert F. Kennedy has said. I am a supporter of him to a degree, although I wouldn't switch from a Republican to an independent to go and vote for him because he's not going to win. What he is going to do is drastically affect this election. And the question is, which side is he going to pull away from more? Is it going to be Democrats or Republicans? Right now, there's roughly 30%, 30 to 40% of Republicans and roughly 40% of Democrats that say that they'll vote for their party unless there is a viable, solid third-party candidate. And with the support and name recognition that Robert F. Kennedy has gotten, I think that he could be potentially one of those candidates to really draw an impact and pull people away. I think for some of his economic stances... And his environmental policy, I think he could win over a lot of Democrats who are upset with the Biden administration, especially for silently and quietly trying to sell off more oil contracts because they're realizing that everything looks really, really bad right now for the Biden administration. And they need to start drilling for some more oil with all the issues going on in the world and with the high gas prices right now in the fall when gas prices are supposed to be going down and they're not quite going down. So he's trying to save himself and the Democrat policies for all the crap they've done with the hatred on the oil industry. Now he's starting to sell off certain oil contracts. But he's doing it quietly, but it's not voting well for the progressives. He's starting to build a wall at the southern border. We have Alejandro Mayorkas, who's now said that we need to seal off part of the border, which they're not going to. It's just rhetoric, but they are trying to build, what, 20 miles, 25 miles of a wall? So we're like, look, we built a wall. We're going to start sealing it up. And even that little bit, even trying to compromise that little bit, is causing progressive Democrats to lose their minds, including Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is now angry at the Joe Biden administration for compromising and selling out and lying to them about keeping the borders open because, well, why not? We just need to keep the borders open because that's what AOC wants. So he's already upsetting the Democrat policy and especially the fringe Democrats, who I think could very well go to uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., on the Republican side, he does have some appeal there as well, where he goes after big pharma. He goes after the big government. He talks about wanting to limit government to a degree by the experience that he's had as a family, as a Kennedy family member with two family members, his dad and his uncle, both being killed, where he strongly believes that the government was involved in those things. He's had concerns. I don't want to say anti-vaxxer, but he's been a vaccine-concerned citizen for a long time that I think uh, really resonates with a lot of Republicans as well. And I don't think Trump supporters will necessarily walk away, but I think that anti-Trumpers or those that may want something different may go to him. And with 30% of the caucus that's open to looking at a different viable candidate that's a third party looking to destroy this quote-unquote two-party system, he could be a very influential member in this race to sway it one way or the other. The question is, which direction will that go as he's been campaigning on this unifying message of let's all come together and solve the problems? Most of us agree, for example, that we should take care of our veterans. Most of us agree that we should seek peace abroad instead of war. We all agree that teachers should receive decent pat decent salaries and respect. We all agree that housing should be affordable and that corporations 
should pay their fair share. We all so, all right, I have to stop it right there because I have to laugh. That last little bit right there is a little inkling, just a little bit of a sign of what he stands for economically, which is should be for Republicans that are considering moving over. As much as I like a lot of the comments from Robert F. Kennedy Jr., that last one, where corporations need to pay their fair share. That should be a major red flag for all those that are trying to fight for, oh, I don't know, less spending, less government corruption, less oversight over private sectors. We should be very wary of that comment of making sure they pay their fair share. Because we already know they pay their fair share. They pay more than their fair share. Individuals, uh, Democrats disagree with me on this, but it's right there in writing, black and white. You can't deny it. The top 1% of all taxpayers pay a vast amount of all the property or all the federal income taxes in this nation. Corporations pay massive amounts of taxes. And if you don't believe me, try to start a corporation, hire somebody, get them signed up for health care, pay the employee taxes, buy the materials, the raw materials, build your business, make them transport things across the nation, manufacture it, try to sell it, and see how much tax that you actually pay. Because you know it's a lot. So either you completely lie or you've never experienced it yourself in any way, shape, or form. So that might not be a resonating uh, unifying factor for him, but he has come out with his new declaration of independence that he wants running as an independent. I'm here to join you in making a new declaration of independence for our entire nation. We declare independence from the corporations that have hijacked our government. And we declare independence from Wall Street, from big tech, from big pharma, from big ag, from the military contractors and their lobbyists. And we declare independence from the mercenary media that is here to to fortify all of the corporate orthodoxies from their advertisers and to urge us to hate our neighbors and to fear our friends. All right. Uh, his new Declaration of Independence. I understand where they're coming from, but I think he's coming at it from the opposite end, and it does make me very wary. Republicans that are looking for that viable option that's not Donald Trump or not Vivek Ramaswamy, or not Nikki Haley, or not Mike Pence, or Chris Christie, or Ron DeSantis, or any of those, I don't know that RFK Jr. is that guy. And while I enjoy much of what he says, one of the biggest issues, at least to me, has been economic issues, and I don't think he's quite on track with this. He gets it, but he doesn't. It's there, but it's not quite. The talking points concern me. So let's break that down a little bit more when we come back here. The new Declaration of Independence from RFK Jr. Is this going to have a sway in the election? We'll do that when we come back. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Happy Scandinavian Nordic Viking Day. They're a culture, too. Why can't we celebrate those guys? And they were here about a thousand years before Christopher Columbus. So, ha, take that. Or in, or Christopher Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, whatever you celebrate. I don't really care because it's all a really stupid argument, I think by trying to, again, divide and conquer, divide people up and get them to hate each other based on their differences, which is really stupid in what we're seeing right now. 
over in the Middle East. Right now, though, we are seeing a bickering amongst the Republicans, Democrats, and someone out there trying to say, let's get away from both of them, which they've been saying this for a while. Let's be honest. There's been a push for independent candidates for a while now on the local, statewide fronts, and nationwide, but they just haven't gained any traction. I'm here to tell you, they're not going to win elections. And every year, they get us to the point where we're like, well, maybe, maybe there's a possibility. Maybe they're viable. And I think if there's any time that you could start to question that, that could be with RFK Jr. because of how big he is, because of how much of a movement he's created. I think that he is a decent, viable candidate. Apparently, the Donald Trump uh, it, uh, campaign is already starting to prepare some attacks and go on the offense with the media and some of their campaigns going after RFK Jr. But I don't know if that's the best thing to do yet. The best thing to do is if you're concerned about Republicans leaving for him, we need to focus on unifying the Republican Party to win over Republicans to get back on track as a unified caucus. I know that's a very scandalous, radical thing to say, but and it's very difficult for Republicans to do, apparently, because we love to beat each other up more so than the opposition, but that would be the way to do it. And RFK Jr. does appeal to a lot of individuals, but is he going about it the right way? Independence from the corporations that have hijacked our government. And we declare independence from Wall Street, from big tech, from big pharma, from big ag, from the military contractors and their lobbyists. And we declare independence from the mercenary media that is here to, to, to fortify all of the corporate orthodoxies from their advertisers and to urge us to hate our neighbors and to fear our friends. He's right on that front, but that was his laundry list, and he goes on about his new declarations of independence while he runs as an independent candidate. Very clever. Very clever. Well done. Although I will say when he talks about the corporations and buying off Congress, he's right, but he's also incomplete because government has allowed corporations to infiltrate them by giving them what they want with the special perks. And what I would love to say, and for some reason, man, we don't hear any candidates ever say this or any politicians ever say this. If you really want to address the problem, it's not just corporations buying off Congress. It's Congress allowing the corporations to run it uh, through their administrations and through campaign funds. What we need to do is strictly say there is going to be a blatant divide between the public sector and the private sector. There will be a division to where companies cannot dictate policy and politicians cannot work with private corporations, period, end of story, that we will not be giving out bailouts, we will not be giving out uh, you're too big to fail, therefore we're going to give you all these fun grants, we're not going to give you any government grants, we're not going to give you any type of perks, we're not going to give you any special deals. No, if you want the best deal for your business to operate at its full functionality without intrusion of the government or without the, least am- or the most amount of taxes being taken away from you, then support a candidate that votes for lower taxes and less regulation. And therefore, you don't need the government to do it for you. You're beholden to the private sector, and you get to just run your business. Now, you have to run your business in a way the consumers still want to buy your product, but that's where the divide comes. Because now they don't have to worry about, they don't want to worry about the consumer. They just want to work with the government, so therefore they're safe, they're protected, they're quote-unquote too big to fail. But we want opportunity for everyone from the largest corporation to the smallest mom-and-pop shop 
to the sole proprietorship that someone's running in their basement trying to just do freelance work. We want every one of them to succeed. And the only way to do that is through a private, laissez-faire, free market capitalist system that has limited taxes, that has limited regulation, and that gets the government the hell out of the way. When do we hear that? That's the independence that I want. If you want true freedom, that's what I want. I don't want the government to work with the private sector. I don't want the private sector to buy off the government. I don't want that. So he's right, but he's incomplete. And the right part that he has, the way he phrases it, along with the corporations needing to pay their fair share, is really troublesome as a red flag, at least to me, of a concern that he's going down the progressive road of we're going to go after corporations instead of just letting them live their life without our help. There's a big difference there. That's what I want to hear. And I don't know that he's going to give us that one, but time will tell as we continue on through the presidential campaigns. We still have a year left of this stuff, and it's going to get heated and nasty here really quick. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.